Welcome to Trade Secrets, episode number 15. Looking forward to a very interesting day today. Um, as you know, we usually talk about a current event, we talk about a real estate topic, and we talk about bourbon. So there's a good story about the bourbon, which we'll not lead with. Um, the current event was supposed to be debates. Uh, and when I say debates, I mean political debates that happen. Uh, most recently here in the state of Pennsylvania to uh, decide who's going to win the elections in a couple weeks, which is probably when this podcast will be released. And admittedly, for anybody who knows me, this will not be surprising. Um, We have shifted gears a little bit because the debate was not a debate. And more than welcome for both of you to chime in about that part of it, not the discussion that was had, but it literally there was no discussion. It's had. not a debate. It is absolutely not it a debate. It was just like a very stressful. Like you have thirty seconds, you have fifteen seconds. Like who can even get out? But I do think that that's how debating in like works, like in high school seconds. and college and stuff. Like debate teams, that's how it works. But there is no accountability for the question that was asked. Zero. Zero. And, and I know you love is. debate. So what? How do you deal with that when there's no accountability? Well, okay, a couple of things. Yeah. Okay. First thing is, I suggest you watch the entire process. Now, the process or the debate? The debate itself. Okay. I watched I the whole now thing and I was in near physical pain. Right. And the I whole time. It was like watching the I worst karaoke that. I've ever witnessed. The, the I felt formats, uncomfortable the, for the people. Okay. First of all, yeah, I, I agree. Yesterday was a just it, it it was a horrible. And it was a debacle. It let was the record just, be known. Uh, I only watched this because they forced me to watch this. Well, that was oh originally that we thought the idea that you know maybe this would be a good segue uh, into like macroeconomic issues you know, the, and real estate, et cetera, of, but. Uh, and it, it's a very important decision that the voting public will be making because this technically is control of the Senate. At least this is a, a good deal. You mean deal potentially control? Potentially. Right. Okay. It's one of the swing states that they yeah. figure out that this is going to have control. an impact on who has the majority control of the Senate. So anyways. And to Michael's defense, I was in Dallas last week for a conference, and there were people legitimately asking me about this race. I was like, man, you people, <laughs> you are really invested. God bless you. I love it. I love that there are... People who are that invested in our country that well, well, I, it's really I, don't, think I don't think there's any other thing to right. be than completely invested in. I your was going to say, I, I mean, this is where Michael and I are on the same page, or reading the same book. Is that <laughs> <laughs> I listened to a podcast recently that said the polarization, like people were pushing for the polarization. And if the people in the middle get so disenchanted by the polarization, we will end up being like an extremist democracy. So it's really like the people like you or the people that are in like the middle ground, like it's very dangerous or a risk to be like, I don't mess with any of that. Like it's a bunch of like lunatics just yelling at each other across the void and not working together on anything. But like, you are the exact demographic that like we need to still get involved and participate in this to balance out like 
and not that like you or I are extremists, but like to balance out like the rest of us <laughs> or the other people that are on the other sides of the void screaming. So. I literally thought to myself last night watching this, if I were the candidate and I actually answered the person's question, would that would that be productive or unproductive? Because based on the last few years of debates that I have watched until I get sick to my stomach, like would it actually benefit the person running to actually answer the questions? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know that. That's an it's honest my, question. My, my, my I, utopian answer is in, in a perfect world with an educated uh, voting base, I think yes. I think that the, the person who stands up there and is completely honest about these are the positions that I stand on. This is my platform. I think that's perfect. Unfortunately, one of the problems of the political process that we have, in addition to the politicians themselves, is how it gets interpreted, and that's complete media. Right. Okay. And then the third part that makes it a little bit difficult is the people that are disinterested voters. They're the people that really aren't completely passionate about their civic duties. These are the people that will make decisions about the rest of what this country is going to be, how we're going to move forward. But do you think that they are passionate? Like, had I listened to two people answer the questions last night, I might have been like, wow, I'll actually vote for somebody. Well, that's the thing. That's where, like, I get really frustrated with, like, political strategists because I think it almost seems like you can hear the coached responses from the it's almost like they work harder to not answer the question than just to answer the question and it's like a political strategist behind the scenes saying like here's how you need to frame this or here's what you like it's like a game of taboo like here's three words you definitely cannot say when you answer it's more like yes one of them's no here's the only (laughs) three words you're allowed to say no it's rehearsed here are your buzzwords and here's what you can't say and it's um, it's intentionally it's misleading it's show business for ugly people that's what i heard once and it's the most honest thing i've ever heard do you know who you're gonna hate it when i tell you who, who said that quote i mean rush limbaugh said that Politics yeah. is show business for ugly people. Well, one of the more honest things he probably ever uttered. No, um, no, it's uh, it, it it was it's a terrible format, but unfortunately. But the format's not the problem. Oh no, I it's the format is the problem. The format is exactly what you're saying. You have to have a, a length of time. You have to be able to hold them account. We asked you a question. You have to answer this question. Okay, and it's fit into a window of time frame for um, television. Right. It's, it's it's agreed to by the moderators, but more importantly, it's agreed to by both campaigns. And I, I think, think that format's great. I think they should arm the audience with like three dozen eggs, and if they don't like the answer, <laughs> you get to throw eggs at that the candidate. Would be fantastic. Well, like somehow, up the ante here. Somehow, I don't think that that is the, the best solution that I would go to. I think that would be. I would watch every with. debate. But think but, about it. If our clients asked us a question. And we just told them something that had nothing to do with the question. They would no longer be our clients. We'd be out of business. Yeah. But there are people, like I say it all the time, like that person talks a lot but says nothing. Like you encounter them all the time. Like they sound good, they seem confident, but they aren't saying shit. <laughs> like, and, Which is different though. They're but, at least trying to answer the question. They're just really good like they could sell ice to an Eskimo. But these guys... Or gals, they legitimately don't answer the question, and then the de- 
the moderator calls them on it, and they still don't answer it, mm-hmm. and then they just move on. They're like, eh. They all like giggle. Uh, They're like, uh, uh, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I think that that is <laughs> Sorry for pressing you. That, you're only running for I truly office. think that the, the, one of the problems God, with how, how these guys are held to account is that you, you get them in a place where they have nowhere else to go, and they have to actually converse with you. They have to give you the dialogue to tell you this is what our platform is. And okay. you'll ask them the first question, and you'll ask them the second question, then you let them off the hook. Because every question leads to another question. You know, they just don't let them to find out exactly what is it. Tell me about what your actual thoughts on this. What is your what is your backbone on this particular issue? They never ask them for the backbone. They never push them to that point. And I, that goes back to my issues with the media. As a separate side note, I was listening to like a philosophy podcast this morning on my drive because I am just utterly tapped out of listening to news and BS about the primaries coming up. And in the this particular episode of this philosophy podcast, they were talking about the so fights, which I can't tell you what time period they were in, but it was like one particular um, city-state in Greece was, it was something that caught on there. And the so fights were known for being just like, kind of intense, kind of aggressive, like, and their fundamental belief was that every man has his own truth. Like, a fact to one man is not a fact to another man is not a fact to another man. I was like, they were probably right. A hundred percent they were right. There is no, like, one supreme fact. There is nothing absolute. Like, one man's truth and one man's fact sounds like like a an egregious lie to another person. And I was like, Oh, I witnessed this live and in the flesh last night. Yeah, well, it's I don't just I, wild. I, I, and and I don't. I'm not up to speed on the so fight philosophy. I wasn't but, either until this morning. But there is a truth that's there. There are perspectives of this is how I see it. This is my version of it. This is my point of view. That's yeah. a debate, though. That's that's that different. Is, this, that this is the true belief. debate to seek the truth. Yeah, this philosophical viewpoint was like. Every man has their own facts, their own, and you can't like stay in your lane with your own facts. Her point because is no that some people would argue that two plus to two highlight, doesn't equal four. To, yeah, to highlight mm-hmm. the absurd or absurdity by the absurd is to say there's males and females, and now there's something that isn't. Oh bad. Jesus! Oh boy, we're so that's not what's that's the, not too good. What's, no, but that's no, the what's the our point. tap out? Do we have tap a safe word? Bourbon. No, no, Pineapple. Nelson. Pineapple. No, that's <laughs> well, you can't. <laughs> You cannot if you're talking Pull about. You cannot if you're saying that the, the, you can't have <sighs> those two facts. That's well, oh my god. Anyways, to, to, r- take we it are back. totally go not else. going down that path. When we started the podcast, <laughs> if you go back to episode one, we said if we ever needed to get back on the rails, <laughs> we would go back to bourbon. So we're gonna go back to bourbon. Um, Needless to say, we all agree, debating... I wasn't off the rails. Someone chose to take a different turnoff. We were off the rails. So we're back to Nelson Brothers. And your fact is different than our facts. <laughs> oh, my Lord. You oh. two just keep going. Nelson Brothers classic bourbon. So wait, you have a story for this bourbon? How the heck did we get it? I it's just a good brought story. it into the office. I know, from but... From the backseat of my car from 10 minutes ago. Oh, my God. What's the story? So we have found, as a group, that we love one bourbon, Bradshaw. You went to the store to get that. 
and then we ended up with this. Oh, your definition of a good story is different than my definition. Yeah, I was just on the rails or what? looking for mm. a bourbon, and I was looking for the Bradshaw bourbon, and the lovely lady at the Strip District Terminal uh, liquor store, she was like, well, let me show you some other ones that Fine I really like. Fine wine and like. spirits, to be yeah. exact. Um, so she was really, that's the first time anyone in a liquor store has actually approached me and tried to like make suggestions or be helpful. What so liquor stores do you to go her. to? <sighs> Apparently liquor stores are not fine wine and spirits stores. <laughs> it's the only place that sells liquor in Pennsylvania, but anyways. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's the story. She was just like, oh, well, if you like that, you should try this. Yeah. And she said, you should try one of two. Yeah. And you picked this one. Why? Um... Just because I didn't want to spend $150 buying three, so I bought Bradshaw because I knew I'd like it, and then I bought that to see if I'd like it. Gotcha. I was just hedging my bets. <laughs> and do we like it? That's okay. Yeah. Just okay? Do you like it? I love it. You love it? I love it. This I, is on I think my it's new very similar to the Bradshaw. Yeah, this is on my one, new to-go list. One man's truth can be another man's maybe. <laughs> now we're being totally philosophical. Oh, my gosh. This is off the rails, but... We're going to stay off the rails. We were interested. Oh, look, she's like. I'm, I'm roasting. <laughs> <laughs> she, um, we were going to do debates, which then we're going to lead into the real estate reality of macroeconomics and financing and inflation and um, interest rates and the lack of bank confidence in the U.S. right now. But instead... Seasonal depression's already a thing, so we're going to yes. go a different direction. So we're going to go a different direction. And as you guys know who've watched, Paige is in year three of the business. Almost. Almost year three. Well, I guess... You're in the middle of year three. Yeah. Yeah. And I just got back from a conference uh, with a thousand real estate professionals... Most of them, probably 70%, were in year 20-plus, but a good 30% were in years five or less. Um, and it was fascinating because for my whole career, it's always been people in the industry for, you know, 30 years or more, and then like 5% of the people who are in the industry for a hot minute. Um, I still feel like when I walk in the room, I'm one of the youngest people in the room which is really weird because we've been doing this for 20 years, so I shouldn't feel like the youngest person in the room. Um, but over the last few weeks, we've had some serious, you know, roller coaster experiences. And let's, like, let's talk about what it's like being three years in a business that takes no, uh, holds nothing back, right? Right. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, not for the faint of heart. Right. And it's like, you have to like, you can't get too high on the highs and you can't go too low on the lows. And then in the middle of it, you just have to try not to die inside. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully it's not exactly dying inside, yeah. but. Yeah, talk to us about, like, what's it been like to experience the highs of the highs? Like, we do things that, like, we are transforming the landscape, transforming the skyline in some perspective. And that doesn't mean to be boastful. It's just our clients are doing things that legitimately transform the skyline. But then we also 
experience the lows of we do a lot of work on projects that nobody ever knows about, nobody ever hears about, and oh, by the way, they never happen. Yeah, I mean, and that's, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that I have, like, anything insightful to say here. I think it's being a new person in the industry, like, I think it, that that's a cyclical thing. And I think that the two of you have been in the industry long enough to understand that it's cyclical. And even uh-huh. though you might, you know, be working on four things for the past year that all fall through in the same month or two months, like the two of you understand that that's a low and maybe there's a high to come back around. Um, and I have not been in this long enough to understand, like to trust in that being cyclical. Um, so I think that's the... But cyclical, like when I hear cyclical, I think of like by the year, like the seasons are cyclical. Like I think part of your reason yeah. you say cyclical is because you have 20 years of experience. Right. And you've right. gone and you through know, 20 cycles, like, whereas... But that's why I was asking, like, what does cyclical mean to you in Well, this I think there's context? multiple definitions. I mean, I think it's... Um, I mean, in terms of even, like, working with a client, they can be, like, really gung-ho about a project, and then their interest can wane, and then something can happen and can get put on hold, and then it comes back and they're hot to trot. And it's that in every project is cyclical. I would... Maybe not everyone, but um, yeah, some of the longer term. Yeah, I was just understand what And then also, like, in over the course of a career, like, you're going to have highs and lows. And, like, as you go through economic cycles where interest rates drop drastically and it's gangbusters for a while because the cost of capital is so low and, and people are investing in real estate left and right and people are, you know, um, that is one cyclical thing. And then... Now you see interest rates that have climbed almost two points, two and a half points, where I don't even know. Two or 300 basis points. Yeah, in a matter of four months, five months. Well, not in five months. In five months, they've gone up 2.25. Five months, they've gone up close to uh, three points. Yeah. So, and now it's, we're seeing the opposite, where now the cost of capital is so high that people are not wanting to. have to take out any any loans to improve property or to purchase property. Um, but so more like that's cyclical. Maybe also. they can't, right? But like, how's that experience right. been or the, the, for you? The numbers like on the just front lines, like in thirty days, you've experienced three projects that have gone from significant revenue generators to or what would have been like they yeah. were probably on like the five yard line to. Gone. Yeah, so mindset was these are closing, this money is real, um, to this is now gone. Like it's it's not a um, – it's almost like at the, uh, the McDonald's or the Wendy's, somebody showed up in the drive-thru and was like, I'd like 15 cheeseburgers and a Big Mac and a, you know, Big Coke or whatever – and then by the time and they the staff got... staff makes all the food. Yeah, they make all the food. And then they get to the window, they're like, JK. Well, no, they but even get... The hold thing. on, no, they even get to the window, the first window, and they give the money. And then they get to the second window, and they're like, just kidding. I don't want those 15 cheeseburgers or the Big Mac or the Pop, but I want my money back. Yeah, like, I, well, I mean, 
having worked in food service is different because I would have jumped out the window and punched him in the face. <laughs> All these circumstances that we're facing now with clients or, you know, potential purchasers of clients' property, it, it's understandable. I mean, five episodes ago, I was real gung-ho about buying a car, and now I'm like, I definitely don't want to take out a loan because it's we're now looking at, like, 7% interest rates. So I get it. Um, and I know, like... I don't want to say I know, but in these circumstances, when that is the rationale for someone backing out of a project, it, it's easier not to take it super personally. Like, it sucks, and it, like, definitely takes the wind out of your sails, but it's not like, oh, man, I really suck at this. I should do better. Um, it's just it's just how things go sometimes. Well, that's ex that's spectacular that you're seeing it that way because your, your evaluation of buying a car versus someone else investing in real estate because of the cost of your money mm -hmm. is different. And there was something that was completely out of your control. Right. Well, it's not just the cost of her money. It's the reality that we live in an industry where when things happen, there is more money to be spent. But there's right? a decision or that, more that money was that made. They're going to not spend. Right. There's a decision to be not made that, that I, value, I value my money to do this versus <clears throat> that. That's the, the... And these are the things that... Every one of us has gone through this. I did it a lot longer ago than Kevin did, and obviously you're just starting. But every one of us has gone through these times where what is going on and what am I experiencing right now because of the other things that are around me, and that affects all the markets that we deal in. Mm -hmm. So it's deals have fallen apart forever, okay? And then so you have the issue of these are the, these are the issues with my industry and these are the issues with the economy, and these are the other things that are just completely out of my control, and they all factor into one thing. And all so, the, oh, oh, by the way, all the things going on in my life. All, all the things going on. <laughs> like, I, did, I didn't even mention that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, let's just drink some bourbon and well, <laughs> take some Well, bourbon. think of just during the course of times <laughs> of what, you know, the differences in your life. Okay, my children are gone. Okay, my Bring wife in the and puppies. I are, Let's just, yeah. We just all need puppies. My wife and I are considering, you know, what, what are we going to do in our, you know, our golden years? You have ages, what, oh. four through? No, no, they're like eight through 15 eight through 15. <laughs> Seven through 14. Seven through 14. Yes, I have four kids. This, it's see, intense. when you get older, you get dementia. So that's another important thing. <laughs> but we are living three. Three different, different times. Parts of the spectrum. Yeah. And have three different. Appreciations for what it's all about. Different perspectives yeah. of of what is happening right now. Different perspectives of have I seen this before? Can you look back and say economically and uh, uh, as far as financially, not financially on your part, but financially globally, have you experienced any of this before? Yes. Okay. Both personally and. How, Macro. How many times? Because this is my third. Personally, this would be my third, assuming things, you know, spiral out and of I'm control. And I'm missing one. I don't feel like they're going to. Uh, maybe I'm optimistic with rosy col colored glasses, but rosy colored glasses. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, macro level at maybe one and a half times. But one time, I wish I could go back. So the great financial crisis, I'm seven years in which, the business. Which one was the great? 
2008? Yeah, 2008-9. Oh, Lord. You know. I was going to go back to the uh, and I, the first gas crisis. <laughs> I said great financial, not uh-huh. gas. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's actually not a thing people call Not the Great Depression. It. That, that, I, I think it was the Great Recession. No, the grapes of wrath right. I think you were leaning towards. Yeah, if I could go yeah. back in time and know what I know now. Sure. Good God, how great things would have been But in terms of my resilience and understanding what the good outcomes would have been. Yeah. Now, I know it's going to be hard for you to understand this or, or accept it. He doesn't mean it like grandfather, no. I promise no, you. No, I do exactly. I don't mean it that me think of a video. It. it just made me think of a, a thing I saw on Instagram that I sent to Kelsey last week, and oh, as soon as I thought about that video, I had to laugh out loud. No, but it's one of those things that you're going to, you're going to fall back on it, and it's a learning experience, and you're going to understand how to deal with it. Because you've seen it before, it's it's something that oh oh this is this is happening again, mm-hmm. and I'm watching this. And unfortunately, right now you're living through it, most likely in your in the real estate industry for the first time. Mm-hmm. But it's not the first time it's ever happened. But what's wild is this isn't even about that yet, because I don't think the quote unquote recession that everybody's predicting has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, business has been very good for us. It continues to be good. Our clients are thriving. This is more just about the reality of working really hard in the example of they order the food, they pay for the food, they get to the takeout window, and they say, we don't want the food anymore, we want and we're ready back. to walk away. Yeah, I mean, again, I used to work in hospitality. So, like, <laughs> this, <laughs> that was, like, the most thankless thing ever. So this, like, it's a bummer. But again, like, but it has. I mean, let's. I mean, it has definitely impacted you. Yeah, but like, I don't fault anyone for. I mean, it's just like a. You just keep going. Like, what are you gonna do? It, it's that, like no, you've 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 solved the problem then because that's what you do. You keep going. Yeah. You know, everyone faces adversity. Everyone faces loss, and loss makes you better. What can yeah. I do that? What you look back and say. What would have made me better? What, what could I have done differently? What would have made me better in this situation? And maybe there's nothing. Maybe you would have done exactly the same thing. But then it's something that you can go fall back on. Well, and that's, and that's the thing. Like, in these scenarios, like, you know, the, the ones where it was, like, our clients that, you know, pulled back or whatever. I've always said, like, I never want to be a salesperson. Like, I don't want to try to talk someone into doing something that's not the right thing for them. So like, that's good because that's uh, fundamental. That's That's a great. But it's so like I don't like yeah it sucks but it sucks for them too having to back out of it. So like I don't I'm not like lamenting like woe is me like we lost this we lost that like it just happens. I mean things like like anything you 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 adopt. Is there a certain answer I'm supposed to have here? No, no, no. No, This is. I said to my wife last night, like I wish I could go back in time, and we actually then talked about it again this morning on our morning walk. Like, what was it like living with me, (laughs) living what Paige is now living? Like, legitimately, I don't know what I was like because I could not have been anything other than totally unstable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a very that, interesting that registers. I did. And she mm-hmm. could not remember. Like, I mean, the four kids might have something to do with that. Like, there's been a lot lost. She's seen some shit. <laughs> well, and we've both, like, been obviously through a lot, just professionally, personally. Um, but 
I literally was trying to think like year three, it was a complete mess. Even in year seven, it was a total mess. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's one of my questions. Um, But at the same time, it's been so incredible. And I'm just like, I, I would love, and we are clearly diving into what it's like living it firsthand right now. Because you have like so many highs going on. You're like involved in all these organizations and you're running, arguably, you know more people in this town than I do, um, or Michael does. Um, And we have like so many great things going on with so many clients, but at the same time, in a very short period of time, a few things have fallen by the wayside. So it is a roller coaster and I'm, I just think it's fascinating to... And again, I mean... Talk about it. And I wish I could go back. But like your first several years in the industry, like you didn't have like a salary to to cushion that blow. Like my... And I... We talked about this earlier this week. Like I would not be in this industry if my risk weren't mitigated by way of being a salaried employee for Totem. So that... And also because even if it weren't for like the financial obligations I had in my personal life before I came to Totem, I know like I am a fairly risk averse person because I don't always cope with stress in the healthiest ways. So I would have never been able to like jump into this industry with like a a startup loan that I had to pay back and and worrying about closing a deal. Like it's not like those deals were the only way that I was gonna like pay my mortgage and put food on the table or be able to like go to travel to see family during the holidays. Like that's, so it sucks. Like it sucks, but for me and like, it sucks, but it's also like, it's humbling. And it's a, I think it like does reinforce like the grind that has to happen, which is kind of exhausting to think about because like as hard as you work through some of those months, it's never hard enough because all of that stuff could just disappear. Right. Um, so that's kind of bleak, but <laughs> it's which, just, no, but I mean, which going, you, were... be, you know, which has to be stated that the model that we work under, okay, with the compensation model Guys, versus. I feel like I'm really heavy breathing a lot. And <laughs> this like might be a first. Be... And I really <laughs> need more bourbon. For the bottle. Bring out the Klieg lights on her. <laughs> no, but I mean, you, you were a draw under the draw scenario, correct? Um, yes. Yeah, I was a draw was. scenario kind of 24K guy. a year. Yeah, it was just pay like... Pay it back know, and then hope for the best. You have to pay and hope for the best, and that was a little bit more, and it kind of segues into how other firms are so built on that transactional model mm-hmm. and away from the advisory model. And as you said, I never wanted to be a salesperson. I always wanted to be someone who actually counseled people. Well, that's the difference in the approach right there. So I, I think it's a huge thing to be able to go down the road and learn from that experience of, okay, this didn't go the way we wanted it to go, or this was a project that we were working on and we decided to, to change at the end. Mm-hmm. That helps. Well, yeah, it that's is a the lot. thing. Like, nothing is, nothing is, and I mean, I don't even think it's just this industry, like, but, like, nothing's guaranteed. Like, you're going to have the best feelings in the world about something, and at the 11th hour, like, the rugs just pulled out from under you. So I think it is, like, a lesson in resilience. And it 
I'm sure at some point when I have like a slightly more rosy outlook on things, like it will motivate me to work all that much harder um, because it's at any given point in time, like you could go from a full pipeline to like a, oh shit, I have like maybe one thing that'll close between now and the end of the year. And it's, again, it's not even about like the financial repercussions of that because I would argue that, and not, again, because I'm like crushing it, but I, there are a lot of people in this industry that don't have the luxury of that cushion. So like, I can't complain about losing those deals. Like, feel kind of bad for you because you have stuff to pay me, but. <laughs> I mean, and, I'm and I'm happy to because. I won't there's... complain about, you know, about losing out on those, that commission, but it, you know realizing that as hard as you work in this industry, you could always work harder and you, you know, you should always be working harder. But I guess that's another thing. Like, I don't know how to reconcile that just yet with like a healthy, like balance of personal life outside. So that's a, no, I don't know. Yeah, you have four kids though, so it's doable. But it's a reality. Like it's a, it's a difficult thing. And, you know, I have very honestly thought to myself, am I ruining Paige <laughs> by having her in an environment unlike the environment either of us grew up in? I mean, I'm in Dallas last week. All of my peers are like, dude, 100, 500, 300 phone calls a week. If they don't make it after 90 days, they're out. If they don't make it after a year, they're out. Um, if they don't close deals, they don't get paid. And, I mean, sadly, it is the world I grew up in. Um, but it's not the world we're in today. It's not the world that we're in with Totem and Realty. Right? No, and right. it's like you should want to totally make that a better place. Like, even, like, if I lived through that level of stress and right. pressure, like, if I lived through it... Um, I would never want to do that to someone else. Right. Like everyone who even hears that knows that that's shit. Like right. that's no good, that no one enjoys doing that. No one. So like, I just don't understand like the pride that some people take that they're like, right. we make our first years, make 600 calls a week. Well, that sounds terrible and they probably hate working for you. <laughs> <laughs> and make no mistake about it. Um, I read something awesome the other day that said, don't look at the people around you as like where they're at today. Like look at them as to where your expectations of them are. Um, and make no mistake about it, Michael and I think you will dominate this town and not just this town, this industry. Um, which is why I think this is all so fascinating that this is all like coming together in the sense that I'm in Dallas hearing all this crazy stuff. We've got deals that go sideways. Uh, you're three years in the business. We're recruiting people who were one year in the business, 20 year in the business. Like it's all a very interesting like cocktail um, that we're not going to solve on this podcast, but I thought last night once the debate went sideways, I was like, 
Let's just talk about where it is to be. <laughs> Let's talk about Paige's spiral. <laughs> no, it's not it's, a spiral. No, it's not a spiral. You know what it is? It's it's gestation. It's your learning experience. <laughs> I'm going to turn into a butterfly soon. <laughs> well, well, that's what happens. You do start off as larva, which is really disgusting. <laughs> the thick no. caterpillar right now. No, but the things, you're not going to realize this. You know, a lot of things, I'm saying this as a former teacher, a lot of the things that you actually conveyed to, to, to your students at a certain age, they don't get for a couple of years. And then all of a sudden they go, oh, Jesus, that, that fat guy was pretty, you know, he was pretty smart. Um, it, it, it's something that you're, going, you're learning so much and can convey those to your clients, to the people that we provide advice to so that they know that they can count on you, and after you have built this up for a longer period of time, you're going to realize that the peers that you started out with are, are no longer peers because you've just advanced beyond Well, because someone are. made them call 600 people in one week, and they got burnt out. And meanwhile, no, like, that's the thing. Like, that's what, not that's what doesn't sit well with but me. Some like, but, but some of them won't. But some of them won't. Some of them will be just as... But they'll say, they'll all... Then they'll make somebody else call 600. They'll fall under the calling 600 other people, and then I think at the end of the day, personally, their clients will not be getting the same service that you give them. That's what I'm saying. If you're calling 600 people, like, where do you have time to learn and improve on your craft? Like, if from day one in this industry, you were just dialing for dollars, like, where do you have time to step back and understand the fundamentals and, like, under improve your knowledge base so, in this industry. Talk to us about time management. Like, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not your girl. No, you are. That because <laughs> you just brought up a really real situation. You are managing your home life. Mm -hmm. You're managing networking. You're managing uh, making sure that you understand who the people in the industry are. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I say networking, not just networking externally, but ex networking internally in the industry, you're on multiple, uh, boards or designations, like trying to stay connected. You're trying to learn. We talked last episode about CCIM. Um, you're trying to service clients. You're trying to reach out for people like how is time management three years in the business and in a business that you could work 24 hours a day, seven days a week until you're 20 years in or 40 years in and you would never, ever fix it all. Yeah. And that's some, that's like another thing. Like I have never wanted to be a salesperson and I have also never wanted to be like a martyr that just works right constantly. Like I have definitely been the person before in life where I put like work first and all these other things first and then like I'm in shambles and then everything else falls out around that mm -hmm. so I have always been and like Michael probably thinks I'm soft but I've always <laughs> been a strong advocate for like at some point and Kelsey just listening on this one but at some point like you do have to disconnect and you do have to take time for yourself and you have to like regroup and understand that work isn't life even though in this industry like you never stop working like ever I mean I I, ne I no longer just drive down the road even if I'm going on a road trip I no longer just drive down the road like thoughtless in my brain like 
I'm looking at the real estate. And do you love that or hate it? Um, sometimes I wish I could turn it off because okay. it gets exhausted because then it segues to like thoughts about what you're working on and, and projects that you're working on and how you're going to grow and improve in the industry. So like there are definitely times, I mean, I'm fascinated by like when I go into different cities, like I want to understand the real estate landscape, but there are also times where like, just like put me on a mountain where there's no cell service and no buildings so that I can like woosah and like recharge and just like clear out my brain. Right. So, you know, I don't, I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and tell you that I like, that I will be the person that will work 18 hour days just relentlessly. Like I, I don't know if I'm physically capable of doing that and like keeping everything else together, but that's why I think you have to like work smarter and not harder. You know, I, I want to get better at what I'm doing so that the things I do take less time and sure. I can do more in a day. Um, and that's going back to like the cold, like that's why that doesn't jive with me. Like I feel very strongly that if you're going to call and represent yourself and your team as a real estate professional, you have to know what the hell you're talking about. So like 600 calls don't mean anything if a person answers on the other line and you sound like an idiot. <laughs> like, or 600 calls doesn't mean anything if you're not talking to the right person. You know, you, 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 there's another part of it. What you, it's, it's the generational thing, the way you look at the world versus, let's just say, the way I look at the world. You know, when I started off at your age, everyone wore suits and ties. You know, casual day was Saturday. Yeah. So it, is this it's about just, what I was wearing in the office last Thursday? No, it's not. It has nothing to do with <laughs> that. Just a, no, I wore jeans a, to a meeting yeah, yesterday. <laughs> but that's totally not, unbeknownst that's to me. That's not how like, you started off in, in the business, though. I, is no it? way. I, yes. into, I was very uncomfortable. I have to break for this because I walked into the office last week. I just needed to get my charger. I wasn't staying here. I was oh, not seeing clients. And oh, Michael comes so out and he looks at me and he's, oh, looks like you're about to do some home improvement. <laughs> She was dressed like she was about to go out there and chop some wood. <laughs> he oh, this is hysterical. And like, just... he was like visibly jarred by my appearance. She came busting through the door saying, where's the jerky? <laughs> oh, my, my brock saw. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I was laughing no. about that all weekend. No, uh, some, <laughs> some of those things change. And it's, 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 that's a you know, generational perspective. Oh, man. All right. I'm very warm. I think this is a wrap, guys. I don't... A wrap? We had to have been talking for like an hour and a half. We're not quite not even, an hour. Not but even close. I feel like not we're letting close. you off the hot seat a little bit. No. Just a little bit. But it There's is tough. One more. You give one more. No, it's tough, and right? And then I'm going to start pleading the fifth. Pleading the fifth. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. It is... It's definitely... Um, so, so hold on. So, okay, so, so, so if we only got one, okay, we just get one more question. Okay, so stop that for a moment. Okay. In that space of three years, tell me how much you think you have learned from cradle to where you are today as far as what goes on in our industry. I know you know that there's a lot more to learn, and having been in this for a long period of time, every day you learn. Mm -hmm. But... Just from starting off as someone who's a com complete blank canvas to today, how much do you think you've learned and how much do you think that you can actually help other people 
Uh, I don't even know how to uh, quantify that. A shitload. <laughs> a shitload. I love it. A shitload a because I mean a lot. Like I don't. There are certain days and certain weeks where when it's when it's over, like I just go home and I have to watch like trash TV because my brain has no more capacity for information intake. Like it and it's and it's um the scary thing for me is like how hard it is to retain all the stuff I learn if I'm not practicing it constantly. But yeah, it's it has been so much and I think when I like at networking events and stuff, people used to be like, oh, like, what all are you working on? It's like, a lot, like, so much. I don't, I don't know how to tell you all think of these of, things. Think like, I, going in, coming into this industry and not being siloed into one operation, like, one asset class and one side of a transaction, working on, you know, be, like, taking a strategic approach to, office, industrial investment opportunities, um, understanding how, like, as a direct investor, you analyze an investment opportunity, like, seeing the financial aspect of it, um, understanding what investors are looking for, uh, you know, and, and every investor is looking for something different, but understanding the value that different investors would attribute to different income-producing assets, like, in addition to just, here's a 30-page lease. Understand what this means. <laughs> I mean, um, it's been just Just that statement alone, okay? You've got 10 years of knowledge in a three-year window, and probably yeah, more than that. It's incredible because the breadth of what you've covered, it's... it's it's really a, it's an like interesting thing. You guys are just thing. trying to like get me to crack and like shed a tear on the podcast. <laughs> no, I gave up on that a long time ago. <laughs> I literally no, no, gave yeah, up on he's, that. He's lying. That is the side bet. <laughs> no, I just spit bourbon everywhere. No, I did tell Kelsey graceful. today that you were going to cry on this podcast, but no, your 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 progress has been spectacular. What the? F you thought I was going to cry, and then you're like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I saw you giving her side eyes. Like no, she had he didn't no idea what's in store for her. He didn't Thanks. say that. I said that. No, I did oh say God. that. Only because, you know, as I said to Michael on the way in, like in the roller coaster of this business, you were definitely at the bottom in terms of a week or a month, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. um, but it's because you're wearing it so personally, even though as a team, we're not at the bottom. Like we're. Things are really good, but yeah, personally, it, there's just, and we didn't get into every specific detail, like, and we're not going to, um, just things that you wear really heavy on your shoulder, which is great in one sense, terrible in another, right? Um, I think it's part of the business, but my question is, <laughs> I'm good. I'm I ready had, for it. <laughs> I had given it up. Um, you hang out with lots of other people three years in the business. One year in, three year in, five year in. And I don't mean hang out like go out and party. I just mean. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> well, that too, because that's part of the business. Um, it's part of the business. And Because at, at the end of the day, and one thing people don't realize, and I don't think our clients really realize it, our relationships with our peers is very impactful for the outcome. I mean, we have strong relationships with people that 
I'm not interested in going to dinner with, but I have to keep a professional relationship with them because the outcome of our client's experience is dictated by the relationship that we might have with that landlord or that business owner or that other real estate agent. So it's a... That, network, yeah. that, that, that mean, networking what, aspect of it. Okay, I'm going to speak a little bit longer in, in breadth than, than you. Yeah. I have, I have relationships that I talk to every day. What's going on in your market? What's going on you know, here? Tell me how you perceive this thing globally to be able to pull from that. Because it makes and, us better. And those were relationships that were crafted 40 years ago. Yeah. Right? And I mean, it's great for me too because, I mean, I actually like, like, a lot of our like my peers in the industry, I I do like to get dinner with them because they understand this. Like trying to explain to one of my friends that, you know, from high school that knows nothing about this industry, like the ups and downs and the intricacies of this, that's like almost more exhausting than the work itself. So it's like the peers in the industry when you can just kind of like go sit at a bar and stare into space and not really speak to each other and have a drink and just, like, there's, like, that mutual understanding of what what this job entails and how demanding it can be at certain times. Um, like, I find that, like, camaraderie reassuring. Yeah, because you're going both, everybody's and, going through it together. In the Pittsburgh market, I mean, I, you know, the the younger generation especially of in the real estate community like everyone has been like you know at, at our like competitor firms so to speak um super reassuring and kind and um so yeah i find like a measure of comfort in that and it's like a yeah like it's almost like a we're all in this together like we know like there's ups and downs for everyone and like even when things are like great right you never want to say that they're great because you know you've been on the other end of that conversation before when someone tells you how great everything's going and you're in the shit so it's like that i think that the the younger commercial real estate um community in Pittsburgh is um something i never anticipated caring so much about but it has been super helpful for my like as confidence I mean when I first got into this industry I couldn't get some of the older folks in the community to email me back to save my freaking life so I made it like my mission to go to all of these networking events and build that network so that I didn't feel as intimidated and and that helped to build confidence to where I'm no longer like is it me right like, no, that though, asshole just doesn't check his email. <laughs> hey, you actually did email me today and say, is it me? Well, yeah. Yeah, you did. So my question that we're going to wrap. Three years in, given your peer network, peer in this business, not peer across the country in all different walks of life, are you at the end of a very crappy week? I hope so. And Make at the end up. of a crappy month, do you feel like you're ahead of the game or behind? Um, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I don't know. 
probably behind, but I think that's just because I'm traditionally very hard on myself. Um, yeah, I don't think, I don't know. I'm fidgeting a lot. I'm very nervous <laughs> right now. <laughs> that um, wasn't the intent. I feel like Dr. Oz right now. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, she went I there. don't know. That wasn't me, by the way. Um, in some respects, I feel like I'm ahead. Again, like the education component. Like I feel like my understanding of this industry is probably uh, like the intricacies and the inner workings. Um, I feel like I may be ahead of some of my peers that have been in the industry for three years. Um, but as far as like just like deals closed I do feel behind but again like that's not how I measure success like I think I measure my success in like the confidence I have and the relationships I'm building and so I would say my confidence is like schmedium <laughs> and, and I feel like I'm good with the relationships I'm building this last week month slash year did you learn something are you going to take something with it? Are you going to um, yeah. put that into that circuit board that just said, okay, I got this one now. I see what happened. Maybe I can see it coming at me or something like that. Is that, is that going to become yeah, a part of Paige Myers? Yeah, I've learned a lot of things, but every deal is different. Every client's different. Every scenario is different. So it's also like this industry is humbling and just when you think you're, you're like, oh, I just went through this scenario. I know exactly what to do. No, it's not the same. <laughs> I'm but, trying really hard not to swear. But I think that the lesson is that you don't know exactly what to do, but you know that something's coming. Yeah. The lesson is that you... Like my spidey senses are getting better. You use that word all the time and it's... The, the Spider-Man spider reference is lost senses. on you. <laughs> no, no, I, I kid. He's, he's my generation originally. <laughs> Um, no, it's just it's just one of those things where you see things where okay, I've experienced some of this before, you know, and unfortunately, mm -hmm. experience is a cruel teacher. It gives you the lesson first and the test later, or the test first and lesson later, whatever. It's the bourbon. Yeah, I think you're beating yourself up. I think I tell every young person who ever asks me if they want to get into this business, when will they get it? Like you might maybe sort of kind of start to get it after a hundred completed transactions. Maybe. Okay. Uh, to translate that, hundred completed transactions. Do I get half credit for how my many almost completed transactions? How many transactions? things did you work on to get a hundred completed transactions? I don't even know. That's the, don't even tell me. That's what we're... That, Tell that's me when what I'm this older about, and can right? handle it. No, it's <laughs> but a hundred completed, executed client engagements because we don't really talk about transactions here. But mm -hmm. I think the universe out there just thinks in transactions. Um, so I use that term like a Kleenex, but, like but a in, tissue but in a Kleenex. But in transactions, though, I mean that's the everyone builds up to that. They that you, you start a project, you start going through a project, and then when it terminates, it's kind of like it either was successful or it was something that didn't right. happen. So it, it's the same kind of thing. It's just that there's, a, there's an effort that goes into it. But so if you have to get through 100 to even kind of have a clue, 
we're can't wait for next year. <laughs> can't wait for next year. Um, and I would say, well, I won't even go there, but um, you need to be substantially more confident in yourself in the fact that of all the people I know in this business three years in, in this town, I mean, to say you're even remotely on the average scale versus on the behind scale, like, it's crazy. Like, you have seen so much in three years. Um, I think you're not giving yourself enough credit, so... But th- what you just okay. went, but what you just went through with having a couple of things that just didn't happen, mm-hmm. you experience that every day. Yeah, I experience mm-hmm. it every day. You know, and you, you never, all three of them were the best things ever for the clients. Yeah, in the grand scheme right. of things. And that's what I'm saying. Like I'm not salty about it. Like, but it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It's a high and a low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you started the podcast with a great thing like you can't have the highs too high and the lows too low but I think that par for par par for par three years in you are you've seen a lot and it's pretty impressive but you will never and sorry we picked on you no, you a little bit. Bill me for this session later. Uh, that's a wrap. <laughs> bill <laughs> us? No. No, bill me oh. for you will, you the will, therapy session. No. You, you will never done. stop <laughs> Can we please be done? <laughs> I have never been so uncomfortable for such an extended period of time. And I'm really I've got to be so red. Okay. It's the best podcast ever. No. Cheers. Cheers. Oh. Good job. That's a wrap. <laughs>